Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of A Player in a Pod, proudly brought to you by Skybus. This week, myself and Michael O'Neill are joined by Bailey Lambert. Bailey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, boys. I reckon he's listened to every podcast so far. Yeah, pretty much every single one. Actually, I haven't listened to the Cole Jacobson one that got released the other day, but um, every other one. Might, might have to put that knowledge to the test. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Before we start, Jonty, yeah. just a quick question for you, Bailey. Rumour on the grapevine is that you find Jonty intimidating. Uh, he's he's, he's very, only 16. He's, he's a very year 11, 17. 16, 17 year old. He's 17. very switched on. So, um, yeah, I do find him a little bit... I wouldn't say I'm scared of him, I'm more intimidated just because of uh, his wise beyond his years. But, um, no, he's a very, very good bloke to have around the club. Kind words, Bailey. Um... Um, so Bailey obviously been back training for a couple of weeks. How's it been? Obviously non-contact makes it a little bit different. Yeah, it is a little bit different with the, uh, one and a half metre of spacing between the boys, but, um, yeah, we're trying to do our best with it. We're obviously trying to work through game plan at the moment because we can't really work on our contact stuff, but work on the skills, work on our craft a little bit, but yeah, it's good finally being back with all the boys. How are you able to turn that, I guess, negative or that difficulty into a positive? Um, it obviously will be a little bit hard, but mainly just trying to keep the connection between all the boys and making sure we are kind of working on stuff, even though um, I feel like we have been working on our own, doing a lot of the fitness stuff outside of it while a lot of clubs were kind of quieting down with it. Um, so hopefully we can use that to our advantage over the seven-game season. What about yourself on a personal note? How beneficial was the break um, in terms of fitness? Oh, it was really, really beneficial, actually. I thought when I came back I was in a very, very good shape, but... In that little break that we had, the two months or so, we, uh, we had all the stuff by Rossi, our fitness coach. I reckon I pushed myself to a whole new level, which was good. So hopefully I can try and use that to my advantage and, yeah, take that into the seven-game series. And looking to play as a forward this season? Yeah, it's a bit different. I've been a midfielder most of my career, so apart from last year at Noble Park, playing as a, a full forward down deep, um, yeah, it is going to be a little bit different playing as a half forward, but I'm ready to take on the role and hopefully, hopefully strive in it. What skills have you been able to learn during pre-season um, and since you've been down here to try to bring to the forward line? Um, Start again. Trying to get a couple of different ones at the moment. So uh, it's been a little bit hard, obviously, with the having kind of limited time. But in the pre-season, before the whole COVID-19 stuff, working with players like or coaches like Jay Schultz and even some of our like, younger players, even like Kai Owens, who have obviously played a lot of AFL footy, kind of helped us like work on certain crafting things that you don't really like get playing as a midfielder, so yeah, to try to fine-tune a couple of things and then kind of add a couple of strings to my bow. Yeah, so for goes. fans who haven't seen you, obviously, you've spent the last couple of years at Richmond, but you've got some tricks as a forward? I'd like to think I do, yep. but um, yeah, trying to work on a couple more because you can never really have too many, but um, yeah, I uh, was never really the most flashy player when I was younger, but over the last couple of years, I kind of was trying to work on a couple extra strings to add something into my game, so... Hopefully can use that to my advantage. And we can't let a discussion with you go by without asking about your first VFL game because every one of the players has heard about it. Can you tell us from a little bit? Now. Yeah, from, from you. Yeah, it's like can, a fishtail at the moment. You know, the further yeah. you get away from it, the better it gets. But um, so, no. so who are we playing for and, and who was it against? Um, so it was my was my first year over at Richmond. So it was actually the last game of the year against you guys down at Frankston. So down at the Sable, the Sky Bus. Um, and yeah, I played... Pretty decently, I think probably uh, 20 odd touches or so. And, um, 20 odd touches or so, come yeah. on. Yeah, the numbers you've been talking about to the guys, it started at 30, it's up to about 40 now, isn't it? It could so. be up to 50 now, but uh, nah, so nah, I played pretty well, which was good. Uh, I thought I was able to kind of 
at least get my name and actually show that I could play at the level, which was nice. Um, now we're going to try and find a way to make some kind of consistent gains in my footy and be able to play some consistent VFL football. In all seriousness, though, you you know produced a great year for Noble Park. How good was that 30-possession game for your confidence to sort of prove to yourself that you can play at the level? It was actually it was pretty massive, actually, because I felt like I worked really hard throughout that year to try and get my spot on that list. And obviously, it's a very hard list to crack into, being the Richmond VFL. Actually, that year, they didn't make the grand final that year, but they made the grand final the year before and obviously won it the year after. So it was a pretty hard list to crack into. So just like knowing that you can play at the level and actually being able to crack in and knowing that all your hard work has paid off, it was actually yeah, pretty big for the confidence. Talk to me about um, being at Richmond. I know you've talked to me in the past about you know an encounter with Dusty in the gym, but um, having those superstars of the AFL that you just come across and then you know some really high-profile VFL stars as well, and a great program. How good was that for you, Footy? Yeah, I really can't speak highly enough about the Richmond VFL program. It's something that I wish every kind of AFL, VFL player could go into. It's a ridiculously good program. The way that they kind of... Everyone's on the same level. Everyone's equal to each other. Everyone's there with their, their growth mindset. They want to improve all the time. It's just a really, really good place to be. And it's just really humbling to kind of see when you see players like, obviously, the encounter I told you about with Dusty in the gym. Um, came up to me as if he was just another normal person so you don't really get that you don't really think people like that would be like that but it's how they go in the Richmond system and one of the coaches in the VFL system well across AFL and VFL is Ryan Ferguson an ex-Frankston player here was drafted as a skinny sort of 21 year old he's a great guy Fergie I assume you had some some dealings with him over the journey yeah Fergie's a legend Um, he was the he was the backs coach I believe at the time um, but no, absolute legend of a bloke and yeah, he kind of pushes everything what the Richmond man is and also what being a good Dolphin is as well, just trying to obviously be a good bloke on and off the field and he was just, well, he's like some of the stuff you learn from him, he's ridiculously good at what he does. Bailey, coming from a famous football family, not only your dad playing football, but your dad and, and your mum being heavily involved in welfare at both Brisbane <coughs> and the GWS, has that been a... An advantage for you or has there been some sort of burden in carrying the the Lambert name with your dad playing what 230 something games yeah no nah, it's definitely not been a burden it's been a blessing if anything just being able to kind of like obviously from a young age watching all these AFL players do their business and watch how they go about it kind of obviously helped me and my two brothers Billy and Bodie work our way up through my brother both are pretty decent footballers as well in their own retrospect but um yeah just being able to watch like you know young like Watching young players like Luke Power and Simon Black when they're younger, watching how much they wanted to work and wanted to get to being the great players and you can kind of see why they got to where they were kind of helps yourself push to that level or try to. Your parents, as Mick touches on, a sort of welfare managers um, across those two states. How beneficial was it for you being around, you know, being an elite AFL company, like you say, Jack Red and Luke Power, those sort of guys? What sort of stuff were you able to learn off those guys? Sorry, can you repeat that question, sorry? <laughs> yeah, no worries. Your parents, as Mick touches on, were welfare managers in Brisbane and Sydney, GWS and Brisbane. How much were you able to learn of guys like Luke Power and Jack Redden being an elite AFL company? Yeah, it was actually like, ridiculously good to kind of like, when you look back on it, at the time you kind of take it for granted, but you look back on having players like Jack Redden stay at your house and players like Luke Power babysit you. Kind of a bit blessed, kind of looking back on it, people would be kind of blessed to be in the same room as them, let alone have them stay at your house or yeah, babysit you. But 
um, learning kind of just mainly professionalism from those kind of guys. But um, that's mainly like the main thing. Even like from our like our dad is just kind of yeah, just professionalism is the main thing really. Can I ask you about that? Your your parents are, are um, louded in AFL circles for their um, their values and care and all those things that they set up at Breakfast Creek with the GWS guys. Sometimes it's hard to ask someone about their parents, but what are the sort of lasting values that made an impression on you from them? Just love and care mainly, and just kind of always being accountable for what you are there for. So obviously they were welfare managers for the Giants and the Lions, and especially like they reckon the hardest time they had was with the Giants. It was Breakfast Point, not Breakfast Creek, but it's all right. Um, yeah, so over in Brecky Point. Uh, like having young players that are 18, 19 year olds, or 17 actually at yep. the time when they first came through. Like obviously they're just loud, they're gonna cause a ruckus. They were calling mum and dad at two o'clock in the morning to come help them fix their cars or do something stupid. So yeah, just being accountable and just always showing care and love and compassion. Like my mum, I remember like stories of when I was probably 12 years old or something, probably even younger, we'd be going to uh, primary school in the morning and mum would be breading chicken schnitzels because she'd have 30 Brisbane Lions players coming over that night for schnitzels and pasta just to try and get some carbs into them. So they really are amazing people, which is obviously kind of hopefully I can take some values off them. Do you have a favourite player? Anyone ever? Jeez, oh, I could, I, I could play a couple of players here. Anyone that you like better than Nathan Scaglarini? Oh, honestly, probably not actually more than Skaggs. On VFL level, probably Scaglarini, Jack Mentha, those kind of boys. But um, out of like my favourite AFL boys, uh, Adi Trelaw is probably number one. He, they used to actually, when he used to come over to our house when he was young, like 17 year old, they used to call him Adam Trelambert because he would be at our house probably five <laughs> nights a week. He would be there all the time playing basketball, playing PlayStation, absolutely loved it. But um, yeah, that's probably number one for me. He's a noble boy as well, isn't he? He is a noble boy. He was stoked when he heard I was coming down. Um, for Frankston supporters out there, and you wouldn't know this, Bailey, but um, there's a bit of a Frankston connection to your dad as well. So having played at Dandenong in his early days, he was coached by Neville Attrell as an under-19s coach. Neville Attrell ended up being my under-19 coach here at Frankston and was a reserves coach and assistant coach here. And for anyone who's been um, interested in what Nifty's up to these days, he's living a great life up at Tokemore. But he, a uh, good friend of mine, Dan Winkle, and I went and saw him six months ago and he was talking about your dad and how good a player he was at the under-19 level and how much he tried to push him up. So you've got a couple of Frankston connections here, but if you're talking to your dad, just let him know that uh, Neville Atrell's still talking about it. I'll let him know. So we've spoken a little bit about your Noble Park connection, I think we've spoken a little bit about it, and over the last couple of years there's been probably seven or eight uh, Frankston players that have based their local team at, at Noble Park. Have you managed to play with any of those guys? And can you talk a little bit about Noble Park as a club and what makes them so good? <laughs> the last couple of years, your home club was Noble Park, and you managed to cross paths with some Dolphin players. Um, who are the ones that made an impression on you, and, and who's helped you um, settle into the club? Uh, it actually, uh, there was a couple of Frankston players. So there's a couple that were here and have now left, like players like Lockie McDonald, the ZJ boys, uh, Brent Hillard. Uh, but the ones that are still here, players like Dylan Gordon, didn't play at Noble last year, played my first year there, and he was always just an absolute legend of a bloke, played a lot of uh, noble footy because he was at Casey at the time, and obviously last year stepped up into being a very good BFL player for Frankston. Um, players like James Rendell last year, uh, he 
was yeah with me at Noble. Obviously didn't play too many games, had a couple shoulder niggles and was always playing a lot of footy down here. But yeah, I actually still owe him a goal because he gave me a handball in the goal score in the last round of the <laughs> season for Noble Park. So now on record, so I hope he knows that. Um, but yeah, those couple guys were big ones that helped me through. And then obviously all the boys here, uh, Danny pushes it, but all, he wants all the, our players to be good Dolphins, which is what we try to be on the field and off the field. And it obviously shows, like we've got such a good culture building in Frankston. So if we can kind of keep our players together, it'll be hopefully a pretty exciting time in Frankston over the next couple of years. So you come out of uh, the VFL system, I think Craig McRae would have been your coach the last couple of years. He's now back in the AFL panel and probably one of the better coaches in the system right across the board, to be honest. Um, what are your impressions of uh, Danny and Jay and the other assistant coaches, Lockie, Lockie Oakley? What's been your impression so far? Very, very good. So, yeah, Fly was my coach, obviously, the last couple of years, and he, I always thought he was probably the best coach I think I've ever had. But um, coming here... Like Danny knows his stuff so well. He's so switched on. Um, he knows what he's trying to implement and does it very, very well. He's got a very good staff underneath him, obviously, getting ex-AFL players like, you know, yeah, obviously Frosty and Schultze and those boys. Um, but even like like Shatters and Oaksy, you know, these boys that obviously aren't the biggest names of all times. They still know what they're talking about. They know how to push a football club and how to get you to work on your craft a lot better. So kind of obviously trying to pick up little bits from all the different coaches is hopefully what will make us all a good team. And speaking to um, some of your teammates, you've made a big impression yourself. The sort of main thing that comes through is that you never shut up and you're a pest. Is that something that's grown or have you always sort of filled that role? Uh, well, I've grown up in a household with um, obviously two brothers and a sister, so the loudest always gets the kind of most attention. So, yeah, ever since then I've always been a bit of a, bit of a larrikin, always trying to get the last word in, a bit of a smart-ass, uh, trying to be as loud as I can, but... Yeah, obviously I kind of feel just trying to... I feel I can kind of be like an energiser bunny in a way when it comes to different clubs, just trying to obviously have feed, feed off a lot of energy. So trying to feed that off to other players and kind of obviously with us VFL boys, it's a bit hard because you work in a job all day and then you come to training after. Sometimes you can be a little bit down. I understand that with some players. I'm always really excited to come to footy no matter what. So um, just making sure that I can try and rub that off to other players and make sure even if they've had a bad day, you try and switch that around at footy. Yep. It's something that I try to push all the time. Yep. And I will say the players say that with a, there's a fair bit of love attached to that. So, um, but you clear, clearly you've made an impression. Well, um, what do you do during the day? Um, I currently work at a pet store called Pet Stock Ormond. So we're obviously based in Ormond. We're, yeah, just we sell pet supplies. Everyone kind of makes fun of me because we sell fish. So they always kind of call me the fish boy all the time. So yeah, a little bit funny, but... Do you have pets yourself? Um, I don't personally. I currently live with uh, Jack Berry, who's obviously the ruckman of Franks at the moment, and he, uh, we live in a townhouse that my aunt uh, is actually owns, so Aunty Shelley. She lives next door, and she has a Labrador named Zara and a uh, Cavoodle named Billy. I reckon she'd want them to get a shout out. So yeah, I did want to ask you about Bez because um, Josh Newman and Will Fordham um, get a lot of applauses um, for their bromance, but. Um, coming to the club and you know being here a handful of times, you're always with Bez. Um, talk to us about that bromance. Yeah, Does it beat Josh and Will's. Uh, it, I reckon it'd be close because Josh, Josh and Will are actually at each other's house a lot when obviously this COVID nineteen stuff isn't on. But yeah, living with Bez was kind of a bit of a match made in heaven. You know, um, we're both kind of a little bit opposites. I'm really out there. He's kind of a little bit quiet, but we've kind of meshed really, really well. He's a really good country bloke, so it's a really easy bloke to live with. But Hopefully, 
sometime when he moves down forward and hits a couple taps, he'll be hitting my way over other boys because I've got a little bit over him. So we'll see how Did that Did you know works, him so. before? Yeah. No, I actually had no idea who he was. So, so it's a fast-growing It was romance. a very fast-growing bromance. So um, he was moving down from Geelong and needed a place to stay. And me and one of my mates, one of my mates who's uh, played for SNVFL, VFL, are moving into my auntie house and needed an extra man. And Danny was just pretty much shoving Ben just saying, get him in your house, blah, blah, blah. And I was a little bit iffy and met him one time and just said, mate, take the room for sure. He's just one of the best blokes you can meet. You're, you reckon he's a good housemate? Would he say the same thing about you? I'd hope so. Um, well, I'd like to think I am. There's probably a couple of things that are a little bit annoying. A lot of the time, playing a bit of PlayStation with blokes like Tommy Small can get a little bit abusive. A lot of, a lot of swear words coming out, but... Um, I try to keep that on the low when he's asleep. He sleeps right above me, so there's been a couple of times where I've got a couple of texts saying, Bailey, just settle down a little bit. But apart from that, I feel like I'm not too bad. Bailey, we hear from, from you and from other players, uh, and it's really encouraging to hear about the culture and how, how close the players have become. Can you give an insight of someone who's been in the door sort of six, eight months? What's, what's driving that and that's... Um, yeah, what's, what's behind that? I feel like it's just everyone buying in. Everyone wants to be at the Franklin Football Club at the moment. It's a really good place to be. I've heard um, I've heard like all of the new boys that I talk to all just say that like it's just such a good place to be. There's obviously a lot of football clubs where people don't really want to go. They kind of don't want to come into the door. They don't want to kind of rock up to training where everyone's so excited to come into training. There's been obviously the chance where they uh, Danny and the boys said, like obviously we want you guys to come back to play. If you don't, we completely understand. And probably 99% of the group came back and they all were 100% ready to play. So it just shows how good the culture is. It's just everyone wants to be here. Everyone's so open. You can grab anyone in the room and have a chat with them. It's so easy, which is something you don't really get with a lot of clubs. It's great. I think that's a great um, way of showing Frankston's sort of closeness that you talk about, Mick. Um, Frankston being one of the first clubs back. Do you, any other examples um, specifically of why you think the club is so close? Oh, I don't really know, to be honest. It's just kind of... I feel like the main thing that kind of pushes us all together <clears throat> is a lot of us have something to prove in a way. So a lot of us are all young. We've all had our stints at other VFL clubs and hasn't worked out or we all haven't been drafted and stuff like that. So we kind of all have a chip on our shoulder and all are sharing the same thing and wanting to try and bring Frankston into being a powerhouse of a VFL club. So with that same vision, everyone kind of is on the same level. Everyone's looking at each other as equals, which is obviously pushing us forward and making us all really close together. And you mentioned that um, a lot of the players have something to prove. You came here wanting a bit more opportunity. Do you want to talk to us a bit more about that and what you want to get out of this truncated season? Yeah, um, obviously it's a little bit different now with the seven-game series. I don't really know what you're after. But um, yeah, when I first moved across to Frankston, um, it's mainly just for the opportunity. It's a bit hard playing for a VFL club when... Sometimes you feel like you're better than some of the players that are playing, but <clears throat> they're obviously AFL listed players, yeah. so they have to play. Um, but yeah, mainly just trying to get some opportunities, show that I can play at the level, um, and then see how we go from there. Well, Bailey, um, uh, my last question I was going to ask you is we're 20 minutes or so <coughs> into this interview. Um, how do you feel about Jonty? Is he still intimidating? Honestly, if anyone, if we had a camera right now watching this interview, you would watch the whole time that I'm looking straight at Mick because I'm so scared <laughs> to look at Jonty because I'm scared I might break down because, yeah, he's still very intimidating. Obviously, he's going to be like the, when he 
graduates and becomes an AFL reporter, he's going to be like the hardest hitting reporter there ever was. I honestly would be very, very scared to come up against Jonty in a. If he was lining up against me in a footy game, I'd be a little bit scared to be honest. Well, uh, I, I would say to you, Bailey, um, it's really refreshing for me. I know Jonty, you interviewed him earlier in the year. I did read that article, but you speak really well, Bailey, uh, about the, the club and what you're looking to achieve. So. Uh, for all Franks and supporters out, out there, I know speaking to the coaches, Bailey Lambert's a guy to watch out for when the season gets up and running. So I wish you all the very best and thanks for having a chat to us tonight. Um, 30 seconds left. Um, you reckon you've watched every podcast episode? Oh, most of them. Which one are you going to ask me about? Um, which player worked at a place in Mount Eliza because, um, Mornington. Gary, at Mornington because Gary Ablett had been in there? Jeez. Mount Eliza. Mornington. Mornington. So I worked at a Palio Cafe. It's either going to be Skaggs or it's Skaggs. Yeah, it's Skaggs. Skaggs. Because I listened to Smallies the other day too. And I knew if you asked him about WWE, it would be Smallie. <laughs> but nah. nah. He loved his WWE. I was abusing him about his WWE pick too. Because he picked John Cena as his favourite. And I was like, that is the most original answer. If you actually liked WWE, you would have picked someone out of the box. But he went really plain, which I wasn't happy about. But yeah, Skaggs is obviously... The one who worked there for Gary Ablett, which is no surprises. By the well, we've, how many podcasts have we done now? This is our ninth. Our ninth. Who should who's should be next up? Oh, who are some people that we should be speaking to? I reckon Jack Berry. Want you to say him, but struggles with the public speaking a little bit. The big man. So could uh, we could we get Jack through twenty minutes? You reckon? Mm, oh, it'd be stra- It'd be genuinely trouble, and you couldn't do Jack Mentha because he'd have you here for an hour and a half. Yes. So I reckon your next one. If I had to pick one. We, would you want one an old player or a new player? You call him Lockie Gill old. Lockie Gill is getting on. Um, or maybe Dill Gordon, the old daddy, yeah. seeming he's the new father. Not a bad idea. Yeah. New father, but yeah. Perfect. Bales, thanks for joining us. Thanks to Skybus, our sponsors. Thanks everyone for listening. Tune in next week.